Hey everybody, this is James. And Marco. And Nabil. And this is the Movie Pals Podcast, podcast number 83. Today we're going to be going over what we've been watching. We have a little mini review of the Studio Ghibli film, The Secret World of Arietti, followed by the main review of the new Netflix film, The Devil All the Time. Uh, without further ado, guys, let's get into what we've been watching. Hey, what you watching? All right, so we're back at it again. Had a few couple weeks to see all the actual new releases, and there's actually been some interesting <laughs> things coming out. No, I'm just kidding. Died. Yeah, nothing's <laughs> happened. <laughs> it's it's there's been a couple interesting stuff, but it's been pretty. You know what? Well I, I, I want to preface that at least uh, I think we'll talk about it more at the end of year review. But this has been the year that um, I think a lot of people have been giving lesser known films a try this year. Yeah, I'll say that much. Seems like um, it. a lot of these direct to videos, VODs. I know a lot of you guys are watching them too. So, you know, we're always looking for new stuff, especially since it looks now that uh, from now until the end of the year, there's no big blockbusters coming out. So, Marco's just going to start shooting films in his backyard again. We're just going to yeah. start doing that. We're just going to do a Netflix roulette, man. Just I just finished it. editing the first two films, and you guys are in <laughs> yeah. for a huge surprise. I can't wait to release this shit. I hope you guys are into Juggalos because it's, it's a lot of that. <laughs> It's a lot of shit. <laughs> no, no, I'll joke aside, though. I think this is a year where I think a lot of us have given films a try that we probably normally wouldn't watch off the bat. So True. Yeah. Thus, our reviews are getting more and more random. And obscure. We're, we're, we're pulling them out of nothing. Ten, there's, there's, there's a Netflix queue that has been building up for about 10 years, guys. Which I know. I finally watched movies where even Netflix was like, are you sure? Question mark. Like... <laughs> I've still deal, been like, horrible at knocking shit off my list because I've been watching TV shows, but that'll change. Really? See, I've been in the opposite. Now that I've caught up on my shows, I'm like, I'm watching more movies now again. I mean, what am I saying? I'm just, I'm just watching movies. <laughs> just the older <laughs> movies. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, speaking of movies, James, what have you been watching? Um, so I've watched quite a few films. I want to start out with, I just recently saw the 4K release from Arrow Video of uh, 1980s Flash Gordon. Uh, this is a movie that I'd actually never seen before. I'd always... I, I'd seen it, like, on shelves, and people selling it, or people making references to it. Like, I don't know if you guys remember, like, in Ted and Ted 2, they're big Flash Gordon fans, remember? And, um... I actually it, like the movie. I'm sorry, what was that, Marco? In, uh... It, I was gonna say, in the Avengers, they reference it, too. Iron Man calls... Star Lord Flash Gordon. So. He does. Oh, really? Yeah. I, d- I, I mean, I guess. But I mean, <laughs> for the most part, the, the movie itself is it's pretty unique, I'd say. It's kind of hard to believe it came out in 1980. It's about a New York Jets quarterback that gets transported <laughs> to a world of <laughs> mystery. And I don't really even know how to say this. Like, it, it, I mean, it's obviously based on the serials from the 50s, 40s yeah, and 50s, right? Yeah. I know George Lucas really liked this, and it was kind of the inspiration for Star Wars, and because he couldn't make a Flash Gordon movie, so that's even why it starts off in a kind of a in the middle of. I, I like, thought you were joking event. about the New York Jets quarterback part. So no, no. no. Have you never true. seen it, Marco? <laughs> no, I've never seen it, but now I want to. Oh, this might be right. This, <laughs> that's, I, that's a film up your alley. Yeah, this would oh, actually, shit. truthfully, I'm shocked that you haven't seen this because one of his like, <laughs> I mean, one of his like big lines is when he like. When they all introduce themselves to the Emperor Ming and shit, and he's one of the guys who's like, Flash Gordon, quarterback, New York Jets. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> all right, big dick Flash. Put it away, big boy. 
But um, I I've been wanting to watch it mainly because I know that yeah. George Lucas was a fan of the uh, old Flash Gordon serials and stuff. Yeah, so. and it's just weird because this came out the same year as Empire Strikes Back, and there's a big stark contrast between the two movies, uh, budget wise, effects wise, acting wise, pretty much everything. But Soundtrack there's, there's, wise, I, I actually like the soundtrack <laughs> on this one because Queen did it, and it's yeah, actually it's pretty fucking awesome. I it, mean, it, that's it, that's it hits, half the budget right there, right? <laughs> It's funny because the director didn't even know who Queen was when he did it, but um, like Timothy Dalton's in it, and I think he kind of steals the show with his acting. Like he's really good in the movie. It has and, a cult following um, because of the soundtrack oh, and, yeah, and everything. So that yeah, that's another reason I've been wanting to watch it. I would recommend it for you, uh, Marco, if you haven't seen it. I think you would actually find some things about it that you'd probably like. Uh, the film itself is pretty dated, though. I don't think. I don't think casual viewers of modern day movies like younger kids probably like this one personally i don't think so personally tell me if i'm wrong but i can't see my nieces being like no i mean it's it's a nostalgic film it's it's something where if you're certain kind of a bit older you can appreciate it but yeah Yeah, and i think that's why i'm probably 50 50 on it because i i have no nostalgia for it because i never saw it uh when it i mean obviously it came out eight years before i was born too but it's not also a film that was... I don't know. It wasn't easily accessible for me until now, like, recently. They've though. only and just, I, I think, started making it widely available because it's only maybe, been talked about. Yeah, the 4K version, I will say, uh, it's only available physically. It's not available digitally in 4K, and I will say that it's a nice little package from Arrow Video. So if you're thinking about seeing it, it this is the best way to watch it, and it, it looks pretty clean. Obviously, this it's never looked this good. and uh, it's like Once again, it's one of those 80s films that just kind of, you know... You either like it or you don't. I would say give it a watch if you've never seen it. But for most casual viewers, if you're a casual viewer, just stay clear. It's not going to be for you. So I'm thinking of probably um, getting a nice bottle of bourbon and, and watching it while I have a couple <laughs> sips. That's that's kind of probably the best way to watch it, tell you yeah. the truth, Marco. Um, I also saw the movie Under the Silver Lake. This is a 2018 film starring Andrew Garfield. Uh, this is from the same director that did. Um, sorry, I'm going off memory here, guys. It follows from 2014. Hmm. Um, so this is his follow-up movie. It's called Under the Silver Lake. I don't think I've it, heard of this before. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's from A24. It got kind of buried. Um, it's a weird movie, guys. I'll say that much. So basically, Andrew Garfield is a mid-30s guy living in LA, and he meets one of his neighbors that lives in the area in his apartment complex and the next day she goes missing and he goes on like a hunt it goes kind of like a mystery the whole time mystery thriller i guess not even thriller more of just a mystery of like what happened to her and why she disappeared and he uncovers like a kind of like a cultish plot and all this jazz it's it's very much set up like a hitchcock film and it really wants to be a hitchcock film if that makes sense and that's good and bad. I liked the musical styles in it. I liked the way that things were shot in this. Andrew Garfield is really good in this movie, too. I just don't like the last 30 minutes when they kind of reveal the whole plot twist, I guess, to the entire movie. I didn't think it really worked. And I'm not trying to spoil it because it's, it's ridiculous, to tell you the truth. <laughs> and the twist or the film itself? <laughs> the twist, I guess, or the reasoning why behind everything. And It's like he finds little things and little... I don't know. It's It's one of those movies that... I think runs a bit too long too. It's like two hours and twenty minutes long. It could have benefited by just being like an hour forty, maybe take off that 20, 40, 30, <laughs> 40 minutes, I guess, <laughs> which is a chunk. But 
there's a lot of it's it's got a lot of style to it though and i like that a lot uh it's currently streaming on amazon prime so if you have amazon prime video check it out uh i think you'll know if you like this movie in the first 20 minutes or so and uh if if not else if you liked it follows it's not a horror film like that movie was so this is definitely a departure for that type but it's a mystery film so if you like that think of like rear window I guess, from um, Alfred Hitchcock, if you right. guys have seen that one. Or for the newer folks, Disturbia, featuring Shia Which is a Pope. great film. Yeah. I saw Disturbia. Yeah, so. It's a good song. Um, if you like either one, I'd say check it out. It has kind of the same kind of premise in a way. Like, a guy thinks he sees something and kind of looks into it and starts looking like a crazy person to people. <laughs> but And then lastly, uh, briefly here, I went and saw last night, I went to the theaters actually. Look at that. Oh, brave man. And socially distanced. I, I had to kill three people. It's not a big deal. <laughs> I just have the blood of them on my hands. But I went and saw... Young. It was a one-night event because uh, Fathom Events doesn't realize we're in a pandemic, so they're like, fuck it. But I watched uh, Friday the 13th, the 1980 horror classic on the big screen. So I've always wanted to see this one in the theaters, and I was like, fuck it. I was bored as hell. It was a Sunday, and I was like, let's do it. So me and a friend of the podcast, Mikey, we went there because I currently don't have a car. So I used Mikey for a ride. <laughs> so we rolled up. <laughs> Surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> so then we went in, and we uh, it was cool. Uh, I will say Cinemark is doing a really good job with the social distancing, keeping things clean. Uh, I will say this much, though. I was pissed because the audio wasn't working for the first 10 minutes. Oh, I was really? like, come on, guys. Wow. Goddamn, no one's been seeing movies and go from, drop the ball like this. <laughs> but I guess because Fathom Events comes in a different way, like it messed up. I and think they, it's they live streamed, isn't it, for them? I think it's live streamed, yeah, because they couldn't restart it either because they were like, yeah. sorry, we can't restart it. And I was like, well, I mean, truthfully, I've seen the movie how many times? I'm like, I'm not missing shit. So Dude, I was their like, I their budget in. went to the cleaning products, okay? You got to give them a break. Probably. <laughs> Fathom Events was like, hey, man, just play the damn movie. We're just trying to keep it a schedule. I'm like, it's only one time, though. What the hell? Uh, I will say this much. I really enjoyed it on the big screen, man. I will say. Uh, was it extra creepy? No. no. Friday the 13th is not creepy at all, man. So, it's a fun movie. I, it's, just, it's a fun movie. I enjoyed the corniness of a lot of it and how dated it is. And then I'm going to say a spoiler here. So if you guys don't know who the killer is in this movie, skip ahead two minutes to Marco's part. <laughs> But when they get to Pamela Voorhees' part, it's fucking hilarious, actually, man. I forgot how, like, stupid that part is, where she's revealed to be the killer, and she's, the girl is, the main girl is fighting her, and there's so many times where she could have just, like, ended it right there, like, oh, yeah. fucking killer, bro. I mean, and then she leaves, and then she comes back, and the way that they fight, and it's like, are you sure this is the same person that killed all the campers earlier? Like, she doesn't even seem, like, physically able to do what she did in the other kills. I mean, so. they don't even look the same, but, you know, whatever. Oh, no. I mean, it's definitely when the kills are... That's definitely a man, by the way, but it's supposed to be her. So it's like, oh, okay, I guess we'll roll with this story. Uh, and then that stupid sweater. I'm like, this bitch kept the same sweater on the whole time. Remember when but we yeah. were doing our little marathon of Friday the 13th movies because of the game? That I was, Yeah. I, I, that part never aged well. I never mentioned that, but... No, but yeah, I will so I, say, I, I actually... I originally rated this movie like a three out of four, five stars or something, but I think the big screen actually made a difference because I, I had more fun. Or maybe it's just because I haven't seen a movie in so long, but I mean, outside of Tenet and I mean, two driving things, but I mean, like a real. Or just maybe because the real like, horror story was surviving the movie theater. 
<laughs> no, I was fine, bro. Well, You're I think good. the campiness makes a difference too in those kind of slasher films on so a big too. screen. You know? And then being in a crowd, that's definitely a crowd kind of movie because like yeah. nobody's too serious watching a film like that, as you guys know. Like you don't mind if someone laughs at something because you're like, I'm laughing too. This is fucking ridiculous. Especially an older film, yeah. Oh yeah, and it's just it's just funny little little quirks and little hints and. You could tell how low the budget was. I'm like, did they use the same Jeep for both cars? Like, it's like little things, you know, things you notice. Because I've yeah. I've seen it a few times at this point, but it was fun. I had a lot of fun watching that. It's the 40th anniversary. Um, if you guys haven't seen Friday the 13th, I d- I know it's I don't think it's streaming on anything right now. They pulled it from everything again for some odd reason, but um, apparently, I mean, the marketing worked for me. There's a still book version coming out, and also a ho- huge set of all the Friday the 13th oh, uh, all of them movies. Jeez. So if you have $140 and didn't <laughs> pre-order a PS5 and Xbox Series X, you can probably grab that. So All right, sounds what like we're going to check in. We're going we're going <laughs> to check in with James in about 2 weeks, see if he's got a fever and hopefully he's all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh damn. James disappeared. Well, for that's two the weeks. thing, Nabil. I already saw a movie 3 weeks ago and I'm okay. So the the rabbit hole true. begins. He's been yeah. spreading it all throughout yeah. NorCal. That's why, no the the Regals. that's why they're shutting the Regals down. He went to that Regal theater. <laughs> no. Uh, what about you, Marco? Been watching a few things here and there. Been rewatching a lot of older shows, but some of the new stuff I've been watching includes The Boys Season 2, which is the action superhero show on Amazon Prime Video. And it just came out not too long ago, like seven weeks ago. I think they're on seven episodes now. And I can't really spoil too much because... If I mention the plot a lot, it'll it'll spoil a lot from the first season. So I'm just going to say that it, it picks off from where the first season ended. A lot of shit happened. Um, there's some speculation as far as, like, where the superheroes come from around the world. Like, how did they just suddenly appear? Because it was a huge question in season one because they all of a sudden came out and no one knew, like, what was causing it. Some people thought that it was a religious miracle. Other people thought it was a mutation, so on and so forth. And so... It's further investigating uh, that and the, the I guess, the whole secret behind all that, as well as going against the company that, quote-unquote, owns the superheroes, Vought, and all the shady shit that they've been doing with the superheroes, using them to make money, not really caring what happens to the superheroes if they get injured or if they start to lose their power. Um, the boys are also trying to expose Vought and all their shady stuff in this season. And that's pretty much all I can say about the plot. Because if I go any further in detail, it's it's just going to be spoiler city. Crazy. So yeah. go back to a few episodes where we talk about season one. And you kind of get a little bit more of like what's going on in the TV show. But I'm enjoying it for the most part. I will part. say this the- much. I did catch up finally to boys. So nice. I'm up there yeah, with you, you guys. pretty right fast. Now. I'm amazed. I caught up really quick, man, like in yeah. a week. And I was it's, like, and there. It's a it's a very, like you said before, uh, Marco, it's a very easy bingeable show. Yeah. So I caught up when you were already on like episode five, I want to say, of season two by then. So the last two episodes, yeah. I've actually had to wait a week. And that's where I'm like, ugh, you know, so. Yeah. But it, I, this season, you can tell that the budget's a lot bigger. Uh, they do more set pieces, more special effects. Uh, it's a little more violent and gory than the first season, uh, which if you're not into that, then the show's probably not for you. Or if you're not into superheroes, the show's not for you. 
Uh, they also do more character development yeah. in this season, <laughs> this season, which I really appreciate. I like when you kind of get more of a background from each of the the, the characters, especially Carl Urban's character, Billy Butcher. You know a little bit more about uh, one of the other main characters, Huey Campbell. Um, some more background about uh, their quote-unquote Superman character, Homelander. And they also introduce a new character, Stormfront, and she's kind of like the main, I guess, secret person that they're slowly reve- revealing like episode by episode. So she's kind of like the slow reveal, and everyone else kind of has a little bit of um, exposition in each episode. So... I think it's really well written. I like the social commentary that the show gives because the superheroes basically represent things in the real world. And if you watch the show, you'll know what I'm talking about. But um, yeah, check it out on Amazon Prime Video. It's streaming right now. And just like James, you can easily catch up if you marathon the shit out of it. Yeah, definitely. It's a fun, it's it's a, I mean, you'll know in that first episode if you like it or not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty apparent the first like ten minutes of exactly where that show. Oh yeah, when go. I saw that bitch explode, bro, I was like, I'm in. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. that was pretty much for me. There's, so I was like, I guess I'll, I guess I'll check it out. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, yeah, a lot of bodies exploding in the show. So yeah, a lot, Man, especially the last episode. God oh, yeah. damn, shit. Yeah. Uh, aside from that, I've also been watching the HBO Max original Raised by Wolves. It's a sci-fi that is about the far-off future where humanity is basically split off, split off into two factions. Uh, a religion called uh, Mithraism, which is, I guess, an amalgam of all the world religions. It's supposed to represent like, like mainly the main religions. And then... The other faction is the atheists. There was this huge civil war or global civil war that ruined the earth. And so each faction sent these ARC ships filled with their survivors to the planet Kepler 22b, which is an actual real planet in our solar, not in our solar system, but in our galaxy. And the atheists basically sent these two androids, one called mother, one called father, to raise embryos and birth them into like real humans and raise them on this new planet and have a new future and the mithraic the mithraic people also did the same thing but their arc was a lot larger they had actual like living beings in their big ship and they all i guess land on this planet and they're dealing with all this weird stuff that's happening around kepler 22b like they start to hear voices they find these giant skeletons of these like snake-like creatures and at the same time they're technically still at war with each other so they're trying to fight each other over land and over resources and over the survivability of their specific faction the show is very much a slow burn um i will say that so if you're not really into like a really slow exposition um then this probably isn't for you however the visuals are beautiful like the way they, they make the this like alien planet look so unfamiliar is great um i'm assuming they shot like on actual locations but all the areas that they found look very alien like and it's kind of cool and adds to the aesthetic of the show there's a lot of like hidden meetings in, in the stuff that they show like in each episode and it's kind of hard to talk about the plot without really like spoiling a lot in this also but uh, if you're into like sci-fi or if you're like any of like Ridley Scott stuff because he's actually an executive producer on the show 
then I would say this show is for you. The acting is pretty damn good, and the action, whenever there is any, is also pretty good. Um, aside from that, uh, I also watched High Score, the Netflix documentary that uh, talks about video games that Nabil brought up, I believe, last pod or a couple pods ago. And, uh, yeah, it's a pretty good fucking documentary. Uh, it's nice to see, like, the evolution of video game systems and game development over the past, like, what, 40-plus years and kind of see, like, the genesis of where all that, like, culture came from. So if you're into that sort of thing, check it out on Netflix. But, yeah, that's pretty much all I've been watching. What about you, Nabil? Very cool. Seems like what have you been watching? You kept yourself a little, little busy there, Marco. Yeah, I didn't think I watched too much, Shut and then I started up. to really like think about it, and I was like, no, I've actually been watching a few things here and there. Yeah. Well, I need some well, goddamn movies from you next time. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I I really need to start watching like. Oh, I'm sorry. With a TV more pals pod, bro. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Dude, uh, what about, when, yeah. Once you start binging, man, it's kind of hard to stop. It's a rabbit hole, man. It takes up I mean, a lot of I time. Got, or just watch a movie a night, bro. You know, I've seen that's all. Just a yeah. movie a night. I've seen 266 movies this year, dude. Every time, yes. like, I'm like, Letterbox right, I'm watch is this a movie. blessing and a curse, guys. <laughs> like, it sucks it's because Raised by Wolves releases like two episodes every Thursday, and then on Friday, oh nice, the boys releases, and I'm like, fuck. Yeah, so, but the boys yeah. is an easy watch. I watch it every Friday morning, right before I start work. So I'm like, okay, yeah, hmm. let's get busy with so much other stuff. Everybody. I mean, or sometimes during... And my fr- my free time always happens to land, like, right when these TV shows release their episodes. And I'm like, well, uh, here we go. Like, let me just catch up. I got yeah. Cause I mean, I have, a, I, have a, man. I have a lot of TV shows I want to watch. Like, I remember, la- I think I told Nabil... Sorry, Nabil, I know you're jumping your thing. You're fine. Um, I'm ch- I was trying to watch Arrested Development, but I just can't get back into yeah. it, man. Exactly <laughs> what you told me. Mm-hmm. Cause you were like, I tried to, and I was like, dude, I just, uh, I mean, I, I, I'm, uh, maybe I'm just need to get in the right mindset, but I'm like, I just want to watch something more serious. So I think I'm gonna start The Outsider on HBO, the one with oh, Jason cool. uh, Bateman. I mean, I'll just go from one Jason Bateman show to another. <laughs> to guess, go right? to the, he's like, now I'm watching The Ozarks. <laughs> yeah, now I'm just jumping everything. Jesus Christ, I went back to Spelling Bee. What the fuck am I doing? We'll just trade so. places. I'll start watching a bunch of movies, and you start watching yeah. a bunch of TV shows. And then yeah, and then out. it's like Doom Patrol season two, and then um, Euphoria. I want to watch, but then oh, dude. I want to watch Lovecraft. Uh, you would, you would HBO love has a lot dude. of good shows right now. Yeah, and then also I heard that uh, what is it, the Halloween thing on Hulu, or whatever the fuck it's called, it's supposed to be good. Halloween, or whatever it's called. I don't know what the hell. No, it's the, called. the the Ghost Story one, yeah. Yeah, I, know I heard it's cool, and, but then I, truthfully, I'm probably gonna wait because this Friday, Haunting of Blind Manor comes out. And I know that's gonna take all my time up, so I'm like. Got to knock that one out. So, uh, already know. got an agenda set for the next few weeks. It's pretty so. much, man. Because like Haunting of Hill House was so good. I'm like, uh, yeah. I really want to see this damn thing. So, uh, and once again, sorry for uh, diverging there, but uh, Nibble, what what did you catch up on? I know you were out for a little bit, but I mean, you know, th- th- speaking of of scary things, I did watch a, a slight kind of yeah spooky movie. Uh, called The Babysitter, Killer Queen. It's a Netflix sequel to the 2018 film The Babysitter, um, starring Mick, or I'm sorry, directed by Mick G. You might know him from the previous uh, amazing <laughs> films, Charlie's <laughs> Angels from 2000 and Charlie's Angels Full Throttle, Full throttle. in 2003, <laughs> and also the smash box office hit Terminator Salvation. Did so, I ever tell you, know. you I met, I've met Mick G? Really? No, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, he's really eccentric. 
And I <laughs> think between the babysitter and also Terminator, was it Salvation, right? Yeah, Salvation. I don't think he made a movie in between there, right? No, not yeah, really. Bombed so he's hard because he's done a lot of TV from that time. He's done a lot. Of, he did a lot of music videos back in the day. That's why originally that's he got yeah. famous for. Yeah, music director. He's a funny dude though. So I got to meet him yeah. at a WonderCon thing a couple years ago. I mean, Salvation I, wasn't that bad. These films are fun. The The Babysitter Killer Queen, it's it's essentially the babysitter is, uh, it's a cult, uh, Satan I, worship cult I, where they can live forever. Spo- spoilers, guys, I guess yeah, if you don't want to watch the first one. It's, I mean, that's what the first one is in general. Sorry. And, <laughs> yeah, if you haven't watched it two years ago, I'm sorry, guys, ahead of time. But I, I, God it forbid it's October. <laughs> I know. Someone's like, that's um, on my list. I guess Nabil ruined it. And they kind of oh. tell you that in the trailer if you've seen it. Um, what if someone doesn't watch the trailer, Nabil? Well, well, then I'm, you're I'm just suffering. Kidding, sorry. Like, you're just I'm making sorry. too many assumptions. <laughs> I know where Marco's coming at. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, that's essentially what it is. The babysitter is a bunch of people that do a cult, and they're trying to uh, kill this kid uh, to sacrifice him for to be able to live forever. That's the general premise of the film. Uh, and in the second one, uh, essentially the same thing, but two years later but now um, he's in high school right he, I, yeah now he's in high school um uh, and everything kind of is the same except for because now he's in high school the setting changes from being the babysitter uh, and the kid being babysat at his home to being you know out in the world partying at this like remote lake place that they were at and doing the same thing uh, it's very campy. There's a lot of blood. There's a lot of gore. It's it's kind of like the funny slashing. They're making quips um, of of those you know campy jokes that you get in those funny slasher films. Well, so it's kind of self aware. Yeah, it's very self aware of what it's doing. Uh, but I enjoyed it. It's it's a lighter take on it, and you know where some things are either getting too serious uh, on some of the horror that is trying to jump scare you in some instances, or it's just is really eerie. Um, I kind of like seeing a film like this where it's being creepy, but in a very funny way. So you can you can kind of go with it and know that it's going to get just like with the boys, you know, grotesquely gory. But at the same time, it's like funny you know, just to see how crazy the stuff gets. That's that's essentially how this story is. And it's it's definitely it tries to tie things up at the end and gives it a nice little kind of bittersweet ending but so there's a plot per se of and there's some character growth but i mean the acting isn't the best you're not i'm not going in there to expect that they're going to be some great great a acting here we've got judah lewis whose name who stars as cole which i've never really heard of him much outside of these films there's samara weaving uh who stars as b who was in the uh, ted film as a uh, or ted, bill and ted film sorry is playing i think it's a bill's daughter and uh bella thorne is in it as allison so you know you've got some i'll we'll say up and coming celebrities but definitely not like top tier acting but it is it is just fun to watch them and you can tell that they're having fun with it too so it's it's definitely a, a good time if you're into those kind of campy slasher films yeah the next film i saw was uh the ritual which is also a scary film but not as gory uh, that's a bit, that was a bit more Netflix. grounded too. I'd say it is very, very much so. Yeah, this one came out in 2017, and this is essentially about a bunch of college friends who go out into the woods of, uh, I want to say like Switzerland. I don't um, think they're specific. Maybe in Sweden. It's yeah, it's, it's kind it's of like Nordic. Sw- I think it's Sweden, to tell you the truth. But. Yeah, it might be. You know, James's people are crazy, but <laughs> we've seen that in the film films. <laughs> yeah, <already>. Midsummer. Just, <laughs> I was like, they all don't do that. 
just to let you know. <laughs> and I looked sure. into it. I was like, maybe they sure. do. <laughs> so they go up into the woods. Um, they're doing this camping trip. And they're trying to reconnect. And for some reason, as they're going through it deeper and deeper, there seems to be something that's stalking them. Uh, and they can't figure out what it is. And just as usual, when you are camping in the middle of the woods in a country that you don't know, things start getting crazier and crazier and you start freaking out. What I like about this film is that though it is grounded and serious, it is very much also aware of the type of film it is. And it's saying like they point out scenes saying there's a cabin in the woods and like we shouldn't go in that cabin. We shouldn't stay inside there. That's not a good idea. Or somebody's like, we should split up and you know, somebody else acknowledge, that's not a good idea. We should not be splitting up. We should, you know, like, as you so would in a real life situation. Obvious. Yeah, they're, they, they're, they they're telling you. They make somewhat smart. I wouldn't say it's always like that in the movie. I mean, the decisions are never sound and end up doing no, the thing okay. that they're not supposed to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. But at least they're calling it out and trying to say, this doesn't seem like a good idea, you know? Um, yeah. And I think that's part of it is that it is, it is self-aware. I, it's very much dealing with trauma though there's a lot of metaphors in there about the relationships between each of the friends and their history um and you know things that that happened to them earlier in the film and then just just the relationship as a whole as they're getting older um and it's it as creepy as it gets when you get to a certain part in the end near the end of the film all to me at least all that kind of eeriness and mystery kind of goes away they, they it, it becomes a different kind of film and then you're just kind of like oh okay now this is the world we're living in until you get to the end which i don't want to spoil that portion of it uh but it just seems like it it really is a change of tone from where it starts to the first two acts to the last act and and james you've seen it have you seen this movie yeah i think yeah i saw it when it first seen. uh this is the netflix exclusive one right right yeah uh i will say if i'm going off of memory I liked the characters, especially the two main guys, Lucas and like Ryan or Andrew, something like that. Something like that. Those two guys, I, the, the two leads that are like that are kind of the main guys are good. I think my main complaint was like the other two friends are kind of just there to be like, hey, we're gonna get killed eventually. Or something yeah, like that. basically. Mm. But I, I I like that movie a lot. It's it's low budget, and I think it's a little bit of a slow burn. To tell you the truth, so if you're not it into does. the movies that builds up to the sus like. Suspenseful moments. It's one of those films that probably will lose you because there's some slowdown, but it's also because there's it's kind of like a mix of a drama. That's why. But uh, I thought it was generally pretty creepy too, especially near the end. And I was like, "Oh shit!" Oh really? Yeah, because yeah. I think it leads up to that. Like it does get more and more eerie, and you kind of get freaked out as the mm-hmm. film goes on. But I don't know when there's the big reveal that happens at the end. Kind of though, it is a very creepy reveal. It kind of, for me, changes the tone of the film, and now I'm no longer in that same mindset. It's more like, oh, now I know what to expect, and um, it's not always. Yeah. I don't know. I don't always like those kind of reveals, in my opinion. I prefer to leave the mystery, a mystery, kind of near the end of it, like like the film The Witch or something like that, which is kind of what I, I would, uh, in some way, give it a, a a relation to. They're not exactly the same premise or anything, but no. just kind of that style of, of uh, filming. I'd say pretty so. good for for the budget too. Like I said, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's a, great it's a film. pretty low budget film, and it's basically the four dudes pulling it down the whole time. So, yeah, I definitely recommend watching it. It's it's especially during uh, October. This spooky. would be a really good film just to kind of get in. Very spooky. <laughs> 
Mark Billy like, scared nah, me again. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and f- uh, to continue on with this trope, I've watched one more thing that is uh, also a bit uh, spooky. Spooky? Only horror films? Yeah, Ooh, just, who is this guy? This is oh, actually is... not a movie. It's a show that I've been okay, wanting to watch, movie, and it's it? shown up on Netflix now called uh, Evil. I don't know if you guys have heard of this. This is on actually on CBS, and they're in the second season now. So we just... I have, Starting yeah. the first season. Yeah. So basically, it's, it's about this uh person who works for the catholic church and is performing or investigating i should say kind of uh demonic possessions of some sort or alleged demonic possessions and they need somebody of science to help give assessments and they hire the psychologist or psychiatrist i should say to kind of go with him on his journey to visit these different cases different people going through certain things and determine whether or not it's you know, an actual demonic, a demonic possession, or if it's just, you know, psychosis or somebody with a mental illness or something like that. And you get, you get to see these different perspectives of the religious aspect and then the scientific aspect and how they battle it out in each episode on, on the different scenarios they run into and, you know, how that line sometimes can be blurred of what you should be going off of pure science versus what you can not explain and it only can be explained through faith um while also knowing that you know this stars uh mike culture who, who plays david acosta he's the guy who played luke cage mm-hmm. uh way back when this and is he what also, he basically went to straight after that show got canceled yeah so and he does a great job in this show just he's the he's the priest in this sense or priest in training i should say that um is kind of struggling with certain parts of his history, but so also is this it's very basically uh, the Exorcist, a TV show. Was, what the fuck? Kind of, kind of is, kinda is but it seems and, and, oddly familiar to a classic it, uh, horror film I've seen. It's certainly, and they, they actually do a couple of tropes. There's, a, there's an actual episode uh, early like, on no, where you just go to the exorcism. There's a, there's oh, a, there's a yeah, white faced demon that comes out and scares the living shit out of you. What? Every, I mean, every I wouldn't say she was white faced in this one, but. Definitely, you know that there that is something that happens. Um, yeah, but I think the whole thing is that you're getting different I've heard perspectives. It, I've, heard it, I've heard it's good though. From yeah, because you're getting CBS, uh, right? You said yes. It's it's currently on CBS, like airing new episodes. But you can watch, and I'm sure it's on CBS All Access too, like yeah. day after or whatever. But uh, the at least the first season right now is on Netflix, so you can watch that. Um, and it is a very interesting th- show. It it is genuinely creepy too for what you'll see on like network television. I'm, I was surprised to see how kind of uh, eerie it gets and what they're doing. And there's like a recurring theme with some of the characters of s- people being essentially haunted by something demonic and you don't really know nice. if it's real or not. How many uh, uh, episodes have you watched that? Or did you watch the whole thing? No, I've watched, I think about, I'm like five or six episodes in. Um, there's, I believe 20 or so episodes per season. Oh, okay. Cause you know, it's network television. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, and they're currently in their second season right now. So, um, Again, it's, if you're looking for a, a show that's just, I, I would say, different, a, a different kind of show that you, then you'd probably, especially on CBS with all the uh, NCIS and CSI shows and everything else, that um, this is this is certainly uh, a change of pace and genuinely creepy uh, from what you'd probably normally see on just general network television. So I, uh, worth a watch. Nice. So we've all been watching quite a bit of things. Bill went the horror out for once. Scary. Creepy. Marco's knocking out TV shows. I'm just watching B-listed films. You know, shit like that. (laughs) A little mixed bag of everything. A little mixed bag of everything. (laughs) A little bit of garbage here, a little bit of garbage there. You know, I like it. 
Uh, guys, let's jump into our little mini review here now of uh, continuing our forever fucking uh, segment for Studio Ghibli mini reviews with our review of the Secret World of Arietti. Arietti, make sure you hold on tight. Papa, did you see that? That's my girl. My mother, father, and I are all borrowers. <sighs> Promise you won't let our daughter get eaten or squashed like a bug. <laughs> we borrowed things like soap and cookies and sugar. Things that humans don't miss if they're gone. <laughs> We've been seen and borrowers aren't supposed to be seen. No, wait. Don't go. The boy knows that we're here. What? Are we safe? I really don't think he intends to hurt us. Once a borrower has been seen, the human's curiosity can't be stopped. My mother used to tell me stories about the little people who lived under the floors. Is that you? Alright guys, so The Secret World of Airy released in uh, 2010 in Japan, actually, in 2012 out here in America, in the United States of America. Whoa. Uh, this is at a 95% Rotten Tomatoes. The Clock family are four inch tall people who live anonymously in another family's residence, barring simple things to make their home. Life changes for the clocks when their teenage daughter, Arietti, is discovered. This is directed by Harumasha Yonobayashi, who directed the 2014 film When Marnie Was There, which was, I mean, technically the last Studio Ghibli film, but they're making a new one. And then he started his own company, and he released the 2017 film Mary and the Witch's Flower, which is not a bad watch itself, too. Uh, we went off the English cast on this one. And actually, just as a word to the wise, it might be different where you watch it, too. If you're watching it in, um, let's say, the United Kingdom, there's a different uh, voice cast for it as well. Where actually Tom right. Holland is in that play, Sean. And so she is Sharonin. Yeah, she's uh, Ariadne. Yeah. But uh, mm -hmm. in our version, the correct one, it is uh, Bridget Mendler <laughs> plays Arietti. <laughs> David Herney is Sean. Amy Poehler is Homily. Will Arnett is Pod. Gracie Paletti is Jessica. And Carol Burnett is Hara. So overall, guys, we're just going to give you, just like with every Studio Ghibli film, a overall spoiler warning. There's really not a lot to spoil here. If you guys have, this is actually loosely based on the uh, story, The Borrowers. So if you guys yeah. have ever seen that. Or something like Thumbelina. It's very similar. So take a look-sees. Uh, so overall, I'm going to start with uh, Nabil on this one. Uh, what did you think about this uh, film overall? And had you seen this one before, Nabil? I wasn't sure if you had or not. Uh, you know, watching it again, I, I realized that I had seen the film. But uh, I it, it plays... It's essentially... And it's in the title. I know we already brought up spoilers here. But it's essentially The Borrowers. Um, just a different take on it and good film i enjoyed it i thought it was uh it w first of all animation is spectacular um it looked yeah. wonderful watching it um especially on i watched it on hbo max and you know what i was uh, going to bring up last time for the what was the last one we watched um the cat returns right was the first yeah. one when we started these back up i didn't realize up until that point i'm like wait a minute now nabil's finally seen these in hd <laughs> Because up until that point, all the other ones, Nabil had only seen on DVD. I'm like, these I, was I all got the DVD say. copies. He's only got He's the like, VHS, so. <laughs> man, Nabil was like, man, this looks real good. <laughs> Sorry, but I mean, this yeah. This is it, what it clarity does, looks. I will say it does look oh, quite shit. good. Especially this is the time 
Uh, when these started going more mainstream too, I think Disney had yeah. already taken these over by 2012 they in did. our area. Mm-hmm. So by then, these were actually in theaters and such. Like I remember this being in theaters. So yeah, and and it really is like just very well visually done. The animation is great. The 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 effects that they have. I mean, it's it's a Studio Ghibli film, so you're gonna get really good quality, anyways. But just the to the to the point of where like. Because you're so small, you know, Ariadne's family's drinking tea and they're pouring it into the cups in like little droplets of blood. Like in reality, even if they were small, that wouldn't be a thing. But the fact that they're trying to illustrate it and it's a little globs that come yeah. into the cup. They're four like, inches. That's really... They're not super tiny, but exactly. they're, they're like, they're bigger than the, uh, those, uh, that, um, mullet haired fuck from, uh, Honey, We Blew the Kids <laughs> or Shrunk the Kids. They're, so, I mean, they're yeah, bigger than that. The size varies. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's cool that, that they do that kind of dis- the illustration of show, trying to uh, show the world that they're in and how things might be different from their perspective. I mean, going on dealing with the yeah the yeah, definitely the beans as they call them, just beans. to I mean the human kind of beans point them out. the Sorry. human beans. So yeah, it's it was a, very entertaining. It's a great much more than I actually thought I was going to enjoy it again um, watching it a second time. So very fun. Nice. Uh, what about you, Marco? So I went in blind. I've never, I never seen this movie. I didn't watch a trailer. I've never seen the Borrowers, and I've never read the book The Borrowers. So fully blind. But I figured it was going to be based on something just by the look of the cover or the the thumbnail um, when I watched it on HBO Max, and I really enjoyed it a lot. Didn't know what to expect, and. Um, when I realized that it was an actual, because I've I've have heard of the borrowers, I've just never seen it, you know. Yeah. So when I found out that it was sort of like its own version of that, I was like, oh wow, this is actually pretty cool. And the whole story was just a, it, it was a delight, really. It, the themes that it talked about, um, it talked about some really heavy stuff at some at some points, for the most part, and. Like, for example, the whole theme of, of death and um, of living your life to the fullest no matter what, even uh, in the ups and downs. Uh, I thought that that was something that really made this movie a much better kids movie. Because, so, you know, some kids movies are not really in, that enjoyable by adults versus, you know, most of the Studio Ghibli films are. And yeah. I think that was the charm of this movie is the fact that you could watch this as a kid and enjoy the story and have fun with it. And you could watch it as an adult and enjoy all the adult themes around it and still enjoy all the kiddiness to it as well, too. It was very well written. Very well acted out, too. Yeah, we saw it in English, I know. We're so fucking cultured. Whatever. <laughs> um, but the the voice acting is just, like, really good. And I think it really brought the characters to, to life. You really felt for the characters, despite them being animated. And Studio Ghibli just... Ad- for the most part, does a really good job at that. It make you want to care for the characters and what happens to them. And it, it, it really like hits home at least. I mean, if you've ever been like in the ruts or if you've ever, you know, gone through rough times when Sean is like, I'm, you know, I'm going to die, you know, and I may not survive, you know, this procedure because he's got a bad heart. It was like, Whoa, it kind of jolts you a little bit, but, um, that scene is just like what really made me like this movie is the fact that it had the guts to go there being a kid's movie and all that and uh, how that connected him and Arietti some more and how she showed him that, Hey, you know what? 
even though things are rough, you can still live out your life to the fullest and enjoy all the good that's in it. So um, I agree with Nabil that all the visuals were great. Getting to know like the world of um, the borrowers and seeing how everything that they use is just like stuff that we use in the real world, but they're utilizing it for the things. Um, yeah. Seeing how, um, like Nabil said, that when they drink things, it comes out as droplets because they're so tiny. Uh, I I did kind of have an issue with how like they're supposed to be a certain size, but it seemed like that size varied every yeah. now and then. Like at some parts, Ariadne looks like she's like two inches tall, and another it looks like she's like five inches tall. You know, but whatever. Um, it didn't bother me too much. The music was actually pretty well done it's it's not usually the type of music i listen to but it it fit it fit the movie and it actually gave it like even more charm so i really appreciated that um overall like i was pleasantly surprised by this one and i would definitely recommend it if you're like a huge like ghibli fan what about you james what were your thoughts of it yeah, I've seen this one a few times because my nieces and stuff back in the day. But uh, I like it. It's uh, I would say it's got a pretty simple plot to it overall. There's mm-hmm. nothing too um, nothing too over the top on it. I mean, it's it's very much uh, a Ghibli film. It's not one of those Ghibli films that has. It's one of the few that doesn't have anything to do with nature for once. So it has more like it's about the human nature, I guess, in a way. Yeah, it's overall life yeah. interactions. Really? And I, I, I like that Arietti is like a headstrong young lady. And, uh, I mean, it continues the tradition of strong female protagonists in film for a lot of the uh, Studio Ghibli films. So that's always cool, too. Um, I will say, too, that I love the animation. Uh, English voice-wise, too, I, I really like Will Arnett as Pod because he's, normally he's really over the top with his acting and or um, voice acting. And this one, he's very reserved and just kind of relies on his deep voice. And I thought that was somewhat different and it's almost like at first it was kind of hard to verify i was like is that him or it's like oh yeah it's will Arnett. what the hell that's weird and it's funny because he's married to amy Poehler in real life so she plays his wife in it yeah that's so cool um overall solid movie great animation i think the music is because that like you said marco it's got like a whimsical kind of feel to it all too which i like yeah um it's one of the movies that I think because it's one of the later 2000 movies, it gets kind of lost in the shuffle since this is one of the last few ones that comes out. Um, it's one of the ones... I, it, this is actually probably the last one that comes out that has any kind of adventure to it. All the rest are kind of a little bit more, I'd say... I mean, it depends how you look at it, but a little more serious. So, uh, solid movie, though. I liked it a lot. So, and I, I think, I mean, just getting into if it's held up, it's obvi- I think it obviously has. It only came yeah, out what ten certainly years ago. Does. So, yeah. Uh, with that being said, though, guys, I know at this point we've watched a majority of the Studio Ghibli films. There's still a few that we need to knock out, and we will get to those eventually. But, I mean, you can you don't have to exactly say where it ranks among them. But is this a higher ranked one? I'm assuming than the Cat Returns from last time. Def- definitely top twenty. I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> that's, 20, that's all of them? Okay. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, uh, what about you, Marco? Like, is this in your top, probably the top tier, I would assume? This one's definitely in top tier. I really like this movie, like, a lot. And I would probably go as far as, man, it'd probably be in my top five. I'm not going to lie. I mean, Nabil, out of 21 films, it said 20. He's like... So, I mean, he's like- 
Cats Bill's return. Like, it's number twenty, and then and then this one. <laughs> this is yeah, he's and then this one. You sons of no, bitches. I I probably do like it. I, I I'm thinking of like a no, six six other films that I've seen. It'd be like numbers number six, maybe five back and forth. So definitely it's like, in the top tier. It's like yeah. top ten for me still. Yeah. So. Um, it's definitely the better half of the movies too, because mm-hmm. there's certain ones that I mean, there's a reason why we've set them up this way too. There, there'll be some strikes where we're like. I didn't really like that movie. It might happen eventually. So far, I know you guys have, for the most part, liked most of them all. I mean, you know, it's gotten kind of weird. Sure. But... Yeah. All right, guys. So let's uh, move on then to our review of the new Netflix film, The Devil All the Time. Happy birthday, Happy birthday, honey. This was your daddy's. Brought back from the war. I it's time to pass it on. It's the best present I ever got. Thank you. why people from two points on a map without even a straight line between them can be connected is at the heart of our story and knock them stiff you ever think about how we ended up orphans living in the same house i know what my daddy did some people would say it's just dumb luck you take pictures i do i see a smile pretty enough to photograph that is Others would tell you it was God's plan. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness. That ain't no preacher. He's as bad as they got on the damn radio. When people look back on it, they had no other choice. There's a lot of no good sons of bitches out there. Excuse me, preacher. All right, so this movie came out this year, 2020, on Netflix. It's got a Rotten Tomato score of 65%, and the premise of this movie is, Sinister characters converge around a young man devoted to protecting those he loves in a post-war backwoods town teeming with corruption and brutality. This movie is directed by Antonio Campos, who did one episode of the Punisher TV show in 2017. And just a heads up. He's done more than he's done more than that. It's just that I, I don't think anyone would know any of his other movies. So it's like that makes sense. Show, so I mean, I I yeah. never heard of him be- before this either. I yeah yeah. So that works. It stars Bill Skarsgård as Willard, Tom Holland as Arvin, Haley Bennett as Charlotte, Kristen Griffith as Emma, Sebastian Stan as Deputy Lee Boddicker, Riley Kugue as Sandy, Jason Clark as Roy, and Eliza Scanlon as Lenora. Also starring Harry Melling as Roy, Pokey Lafarge as Theodore, and Robert Pattinson, Batman himself, as Reverend Preston Tigerden. I almost fucked up his name. What a weird name. So, uh, that's a long list of characters. That's not even uh, all let's, of them. Uh, I, ran yeah. I ran out of room, actually. No, um, that's I'm, fine. No, Mia, I, which Mia Wasachowski or whatever the girl that was in Alice yeah. was also in it too. I actually mm. forgot to put her. Sorry about that. It but. was quite an ensemble of characters, but it it you know it worked. Yeah. So let's start with uh, 
let's change it up a bit. Let's start with you, James. Yeah or nay? Uh, I know we're going to keep it brief, but I actually, I like this movie a lot. Um, I was surprised I liked it a lot because it's a movie that, or maybe not. Um, so this is a really depressing film. It's a really sad film. And so I guess that's right up my alley, right? So I could tell <laughs> I like, by your tweet. Yeah, I was like, man, at first, it, it's hard. It, I had to be in the right mindset to watch this. I tried to watch it the night before I eventually watched it all. But then I wanted to watch it all the way through because I knew it was a longer film. And I know those kind of movies, like, it's not good to break it up. So I actually stopped like 10 minutes in. I was like, I'm just going to wait. And then I started it up again the morning. I just restarted the whole thing and watched it again. But I, I liked it a lot. I thought it had an outstanding cast. Um, I love the fact that the author of the book is actually the narrator of the movie, which is a cool little touch. Right? And he apparently never done voice work before. But I was like, dude, this guy's like perfect. And I like the whole feel of the film being a a story. Like, it's a guy just, like, he gives you, like, an insight of, like, oh, this is what Lenore is feeling. And right. I liked that feel of it. It gave it kind of an older feel to the film. Um, I really liked Tom Holland in this movie as Arvin. Uh, Bill Skarsgård as his dad when he's a younger guy as Willard is a really good role, too. And I think Robert Pattinson is easily becoming one of my favorite actors and he's just transforms into these roles um as the reverend in this one and i you know he made up that accent it. himself yeah he studied it and yeah. he didn't yeah. reveal it to anyone until the day of yeah yeah which is cool uh it's so weird talent, to see man. um dudley from fucking um harry potter as harry <laughs> mailing uh as roy uh it took me a while because uh, like he's lost a lot of weight so i was like oh my yeah. god right so and uh I thought the spider scene was fake, and then I looked it up, and then I was like, "Holy fuck, he really did that!" So like he actually oh, really? spiders. Those real? Yeah, yeah those real, are real. real he spiders. Spiders. He me. Yeah, he sports spiders all over his face. He uh, he like, pulled oh in the God. bill, took his shirt off, and was like, "Command me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> the God will protect me, the Lord." I was like, "Please stop, sir." Uh, it's definitely not for everyone. I can see why people don't like the movie. It deals with some. I mean, I think this is an understatement, but it deals with some really heavy shit. Um, which I, I'll, I'll get into a little bit more, but, uh, for the most part, yeah, I actually, I like this a lot more. I didn't think I was going to like it after seeing the first couple minutes and, uh, it surprised me. So right on, man. What about you, Mr. DeBille? Yay or nay on this one? You know, yay as well. It's, it started out for me. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like this film or where this is going to go. But, uh, as I can kind of continue on and you saw the interweaving of every character, and why they were connected in some way. I think that is what really drew me to the story. And then really getting to see the motivation of Arvin, you know, Tom Holland's character and where he ends up. That I think was a lot more, uh, it was a, a much better payoff than I was expecting it to be. Because you do get a lot of films that try to, to, to do these kind of weird interloping things and it's just ends up ending in a fizzle or comes off flat. And I actually like where this went. I would say like, it's a lot of times it's like, and the purpose of that was why? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's a a lot of, you don't know what they off for for what they, for what they set up and, and show you at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And and I did enjoy that. And, you know, Arvin's suffering, like suffering, I'm sorry, throughout the entire film, the poor kid, but uh, I think he himself finds, is able to find some peace throughout, you know, near the end of the film. So, I just loved how that story unfolded uh, in a way that, like I said, when you're watching it at first, you really don't know where it's, what's going on. It's like, oh, okay, this is just going to be some some weird 
period-esque piece and it's gonna talk about something and you know this is how things happen in the backwoods you know of of west virginia or or wherever it might be but that's not how this ended up and uh i really i really enjoyed that aspect of it and like james is pointing out the acting was really good the the especially you know with characters like tom holland portraying and also as robert pattinson but also just how menacing some of the other characters were like i never understood at first where bill skarsgård's character willard was going to go until you kind of got into it and like okay i see what he's trying to do with with him and sebastian stan and what his motivations were as the deputy um or even jason clark as roy like all these different characters where you've seen these actors do other things and you think that they're going to be kind of portrayed as something stereotypical and in, in some instances they might be a bit one note but you kind of go in and get a little bit because they don't get too much backstory. You it, do it get works, a though. lot of, yeah, you get enough of from them, from the acting that you, mm-hmm. you kind of can relate to their, well, I mean, maybe not so much with Jason Clark, but with everybody else's <laughs> character, you well, can relate to know, where man. they're going can, with. I'm yeah. looking at your eyes. You can now, understand the character, like not yeah, necessarily, yeah, relate, but you can understand the character. Yeah, exactly. With yeah, what little yeah. you get. Yeah. So definitely, uh, I, I enjoyed this film, especially for how where where it ended up going through through the end of it. Nice. How about yourself, Marco? I, I got to see. I, I agree with you both. Uh, this is a, a definite yay for me. I I think that this this movie reminded me a bit, kind of like a Coen Brothers movie to a point. I, I agree know? a little bit. Yeah, it, it almost works in that where it, it's just a series of events that happens to people. And there are consequences, whether good or bad. There are just consequences that happen to to these people. Um, it's it's very thematic with religion, which also happens in some of the Coen Brothers movies as well, too. And it, it really leaves it up to the viewer to for you to say, is, is this an act of God or, or are these coincidences that just happened to these people because they were at the right place at the right time? And it, it 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 not only tests the the faith of the of the characters themselves, but of the viewer as well too. And that sort of meta presence of that, I think, makes the movie work. How um, the stories kind of developed uh, in in sequence from you know the first generation, the the father Bill Skarsgård and and his wife, all the way to you know the next generation, which is Tom Holland's character of Arvin, and then. Um, the other orphan girl, Lenora, that that I think was just it worked smoothly. It didn't feel like long drawn, and the evolution of that was done so well and so naturally that I, I it was I believe that I was watching like the, like the this family like go through all that and and go all the way to like the offspring like that part of it. For some reason, I was just like, oh wow, this is really well done, and with with such a large ensemble of characters too and like you were saying to bill um the fact that they each had like just a little bit of screen time i think i think the main focus was on um bill skarsgård and uh, tom holland's characters and and also uh, eliza scanlon's character but everyone else even though they were just mainly supporting you were satisfied with what you got and like i said you got a fully understanding of where these characters came from and that goes with the talent like what james was saying like the talent in these actors and how they were able to really make these these characters be believable also adds more depth to the movie um 
I, I, yeah, it's, it's pretty fucked up and a lot of messed up things happen, but I think overall it's worth it, um, all the way till like the end. Um, I don't know if we're going to get to, yeah, we'll get to spoilers in a little bit, but I, I think that the, the payoff at the end is worth all the events that, that coincide and that you go through along with these characters and the fact that you feel along with what happens to them, with what happens to Willard, with what happens to Arvin, what happens yeah. to Lenora? Um, I liked her performance specifically, Eliza Scanlon, because she's from uh, she's in uh, Sharp Objects on HBO Max, which is also a really good show. But uh, it was interesting to kind of see her in um, in a motion picture and not on like on TV. So it was it was nice to see her work alongside you know a talented actor with like Robert Pattinson as well too. I thought their chemistry worked as well in their scenes. But yeah. Um, the, the movie just it, it was really really fucking well done uh cinematography was great as well and uh i agree with james too that the narration also helped with that and then i like that it was consistent too unlike some other movies where it's like oh we'll narrate here and there's only when we have a gap in the story yeah. we'll narrate. yeah exactly but no it's it's throughout which i which i liked yeah you had it almost had like voice. this is a weird way to say it, but it, it reminded me of like those books we read back in like middle school does that make sense? Like a where the red fern grows kind of feel to it, obviously right. way yeah. darker. Yeah. But I would say that that's Very that's true. the way to describe this movie in a way. But I mean, it also just going off of Marco, it, it helps that like you actually care about the characters. Like I was generally, I liked Arvin's arc. It just sucks that like his whole life is full in it of this really shitty events, and it kind of shows yeah. you like the evil in people themselves and. In a way, the movie also is kind of commentating on, like, how people don't always have to follow in the steps of their parents, you know? Like, Arvin takes a different turn from it, and while Lenora, exactly. on the other hand, follows the same footsteps as her mother, falling for the same kind of guy, and all this kind of stuff, too, in, 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 in a way. But Arvin himself takes action, and uh, because of the events that he's been put through, and I, I actually liked it. I, Tom Holland actually surprised me quite a bit, because I know we haven't seen too much of tom holland outside of the spider-man films and um uh heart of the sea maybe it's one of his better active yeah. films and the impossible but this is definitely one of those films where kind of perked my ears up i was like oh you know it's just weird that his dad is like pennywise right like oh this is weird <laughs> i know right yeah he uh he did very good i i agree there yeah. like he actually showed off his acting chops and even sebastian stan for what little he did um in the movie, yeah, I thought yeah. that he he did great. You know, I mean, he, you've only seen him in Gossip Girl and in the MCU movies as well too. It's funny because he was actually the deputy is actually supposed to be played by um, Chris Hemsworth, but uh, due to scheduling Chris Evans actually, actually couldn't do it. Oh, Chris You're right, Evans, Evans not Chris Hemsworth. Evans actually. Yeah, and he yeah. couldn't do it, so Sebastian Stan was like, mm, "I got it." So yeah, Chris Evans actually uh, recommended him directly. Like, hey, he can fit this role perfect. Uh, he's also really good in Tanya. If you ever seen that one, yeah, uh, Tony Harding, that one he's he's that's one of his best roles I think. But this one he doesn't have too much to do in this, and he kind of disappears for a while. Yeah. But uh, he definitely his key role in the in the film makes sense, especially he has a connection to one of the characters. Yeah. And I I didn't realize that until later in the movie. I guess they kind of mentioned it early on, like there's hints of it, and I was like, oh, that makes sense now. And I like how it came oh, full yeah. circle. Even everything comes full circle in this movie. At least that's what I did like yeah. too. There, there's I wasn't there's definitely like, a lot of closure. Yeah, yeah. And Which like I mean, said, some people might a... not like, I guess. But I'm like, I, I liked it. So 
Yeah, there's a there's a payoff to everything, and the and the director did a good job of not wasting like why he's showing us something. It's like okay, that made, like you guys said, it made sense later on in the mm-hmm. movie, and because that was set up, it had a much better payoff. So uh, we went over what worked well here. Anything that didn't work for you guys specifically? I mean, I I wonder, I, I do wonder why it was rated so low for from the reviews, and I haven't read the reviews specifically, but. I, I could maybe say that the way the story was being told, I that maybe people couldn't fully appreciate that for the type of film it is. But kind of like what you were saying, James, the fact and and Marco that you know I think the the narrating piece of it is is really the driving force and is in in a rare instance compared to a lot of other films is actually used really well. But yeah. I can see where people find that as. You know, not not to say that this is the case of this film, but people could say that it's kind of like lazy writing that you're using a narrator to drive your plot. But I think there's meaning behind that, and that helped. I mean, there's there's a scene with Lenora near uh, the middle of the film where the narrator kind of illustrates to us what her thoughts are and um, how she's kind of what she's thinking at this time. And I think that was great instead of just having the scene play out and you just you know feel a bit ambiguous on on what what happens. Uh, to her at the time, yeah. and and it, hel- it that- helps move that plot forward too. Like, and you, exactly, and you feel yeah. actually worse for her because of that. You're like, oh god, exactly, yeah. And so I think that that might be a bit of a criticism um, from piece of some of the reviews that have been received. But I think that, yeah, that I'll play a bit of that does help it. and say that yeah. I I can see how that might take some people out of the movie and how that how some people might be like, oh, I don't want it talking at me or I don't want to be told like what someone is feeling. Like I can. I can see that yeah. it worked for me. I'm not. I'm not saying it didn't, but I can. I can see how that could get annoying to somebody. I say it, it, at first, like the first like twenty thirty minutes, it is kind of a slower pace too. It is kind of a slower burn as you kind of see like like what the hell's going on. It's like okay, we're just following you know Willard through these actions, and you know things start to happen to him, and it, and it's only until after that, like after his story like comes to an end that we start to see like oh, okay now i see what this movie's about yeah and we I don't even see get that kind of not working for people we don't even get to tom holland for what, like 45 minutes or something like that you yeah so. i'd say that's a probably criticism it probably takes a while uh, i know a lot of people said that this probably would have worked better as like a mini series to give it Possibly. more time to flesh out uh, i know the book is uh, i think that book's a bit hefty that this is based mm-hmm. on so i can see yeah that. they so. they do um take shortcuts in some of the the stuff that happens in the story. But I mean, as someone that hasn't read the book, like it didn't, I mean, I don't know what it was missing out, but I, I thought the pacing was actually pretty well done. I agree with Marco. The beginning is a bit of a slower burn, but from the time that we get to Arvin going forward, it's the pacing is really well done. I'd say. Yeah. I think, I think too, the characters of Roy and Sandy with Jason Clark and Riley Q, um, the, their, their whole plot line is is a bit thin because at least at least from my perspective, I didn't really see a lot of the motivation of what was going on and why um, that they were involved in. And I don't want you know we should if anything talk we should about probably more spoilers. yeah you know spoilers, well, let's but, let's go into spoilers now that we yeah. we've already you know gone everything what we like what we didn't like so yeah uh, check it out guys the movie is streaming right now on Netflix The Devil All the Time. Uh, if you're a fan of any of the actors that we just mentioned, uh, give it a shot. If if you like these types of stories, or if you're a fan of the Coen Brothers, uh, it, it's kind of like akin to some of their material. Then uh, definitely check this one out. So yeah, if you don't want anything spoiled, then you know stop listening right now and uh, wait for the timestamp for our outro. 
All right, so we're getting into spoilers here. Uh, so, uh, Nabil, you were going over some of your thoughts there about um, some I'm more detail on the plot. I'm assuming you're there. mentioning that they're serial killers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, you know, they're serial killers, and you, you can see that Sandy. You don't was actually kind of quite know why Roy's exactly. a serial killer. It's just that he's. I mean, is the whole thing is he's, he's just a sick fuck, basically? Like, like I don't know if he's getting off on it. Like, you could tell at least initially, Sandy is just kind of enjoying the thrill of it. Yeah. Um, so she's just there for the ride because she's which just is weird, weird right? crazy. Like, yeah, okay. but but I like but, that, Bill. I like how there, there's no explanation as to the why. It's just like you know, there's some people that are like that, and it, again, it adds to that ambiguity. Where is it? You know, is it the devil making you know these people do these things, or is it just you know some people are just born bad? Really bad, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I so got that feeling too. But that's what I'm saying, though. Like of of everything else, you kind of get like a lot of full circle thing you know arcs for everybody that's the one as specifically with jason clark's character um that you just but don't get because you don't you know though, why Nabil, they, they are more of the minor characters out of anyone in the movie of course as opposed yeah, to I everyone else's like lines of like you know arvin's lenora's and then uh, you know uh, uh sebastian stan's de- deputy who is connected to sandy so that kind of adds to that again and that's kind of why the deputy and sandy and roy all have smaller roles because I'd also say, just to piggyback on that, Nabil, like, uh, the Sebastian Stan's character also is kind of involved in the mob, or yeah. whatever the organized criminal is. Whatever is, it is for that yeah, area. Yeah. I don't yeah. know what it's really called, but... Um, I, I feel like they, they I only know. briefly touch on that, too. I'm assuming the book probably goes into a bit more of the corruption of what he's really dealing with, and how he's trying to get reelected and how he's taking bribes. Yeah, because there's and, a throwaway line from Sandy saying, you know, I'm not the only one who's, you know dirty or something like that where she's I think, kind of calling out that he's done yeah. some bad stuff too. and I think the the real kicker on L is that he's aware of that she's doing some really weird shit because he has the photos and he's like what the hell is she yep. doing now like but she's been doing but it for that, years at that point at least a decade I almost. think that yeah. that also helps in in I guess kind of showing the motivation of why Arvin well obviously he left because he started like f- fucking murking these fools but yeah also <laughs> because he's I like, mean yeah, is yeah, it yeah, just yeah. Is it just this fucking area that's just bad? I mean, you you have, you know, mafia types. You have a corrupt, you know, sheriff. You have serial killers in this area. And he just said, fuck this. I'm leaving, you know, at the end and just getting away and making a change. He's on the road for sinners everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, And he's also, unfortunately, a sinner as well. It's the devil all the time. (laughs) He's fighting the devil all the time. And I, I, I like the touch at the end where he actually... Like the dog never got buried and shit. I'm like, Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. he's been holding up on the fucking cross the whole time. And he finally kind yeah. of, and I feel in a way that's like a, a signification of like showing that he's bearing his past away. Like, that's it. Like, I'm not going to dwell on this anymore, including exactly. the murder weapon and stuff. And truthfully, man, god damn, Sebastian Stan's a terrible fucking shot, right? <laughs> I mean, he, <laughs> I don't know, fuck did he not get him. <laughs> I was like, like it's hard to truck. miss with those things. He got a here. blast radius, kind of. and I was like, and you missed? Yeah. And he got you with the Luger, dude? Like mm. maybe one probably, shot left too. So was he maintaining that gun for like fifteen years? Someone yeah, was. Yeah, I guess so. Shit. Yeah, and his dad got it in the war too. So yeah, I, I like that. That's one of the things I like that payoff from the gun going, you know, from World War Two all the way to present or quote unquote present time, where Arvin uses it to, you know, protect himself. You know, I kind of like that. It's kind of like yeah, a like, symbol the, of evil, I guess, too, because it was from a Nazi, and you know, Willard yeah. himself was shell shocked from having to kill a guy that was literally had his skin flayed but from he's him? he's use he's using it oh. to rid 
of evil, evil because yeah. he uses it on on the pat on the yeah on the reverend yep who's a you know a fucking rapist and then he kills roy and uh and sandy as well too which i thought i i liked how arvin handled himself like in all those situations he was yeah it's, it's nice that he's not a dumbass smart. character right yeah yeah and he it pays off to that scene where he says like that's the best memory i ever had with my dad which is when his dad tells him to just always make sure you know if you stand up for yourself or if you're gonna do something make sure you do it at the right time and, and it's all it, about it, time kind of yeah. carry that with him I li- kind of I know it's fucked prepared. up but I actually liked when he was beating the shit out of those three dudes. Oh, I did too, <laughs> man. Yeah. Dude, they were fucking awful to yeah. Lenora, dude. I would have done the same thing. And he he knew Fuck he's it. like now he knew when to get to him, not like when they're all together and I was like smart move, boy. Plus they yeah. jumped him. Like it was three against one. I would have done the same thing. It's like, "Oh, yeah. okay, you're going to going to be a coward." Oh, all right. Yeah. Here we go. So, I was like, oh, "I don't shit, condone man. violence, but I mean, that's technically self-defense." Yeah. Just saying. Plus he was, so. I mean, defending his sister too. So it's like, okay. exactly. Right. Those guys weren't going to stop. Yeah, you had dude. to scare him to a point. They hadn't stopped. I they mean, were still doing it. Yeah. He did more than yeah. scare him. He beat the shit out of him. Mm. Yeah. Bag over the head. Nice touch, right? Um, uh, Robert <laughs> Panson, He was a piece of shit. But man, his his accent and his character, it just it just worked. Like he was just it's fully perfect. invested yeah. in this character, and he played it off so well. And I I. I like the performance. I didn't like the character, obviously, but I like the performance. Yeah. I was yeah, like, damn, fair. dude. It was just, he just is another level of actor. Yeah. I mean, this is another, if you're still in that whole Robert Panson's from Twilight phase, I mean, get over it. Watch Good Times and this at this point, and yeah, I think you're going to see that uh, he's 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 very much a uh, capable actor, and he's he's very much a method actor, which is cool, so. Yeah. Um. Once again, shout out to Harry Melling as Roy, man. I know he's only in the beginning, and he's dude. When he kills his wife, and then he's trying to bring her back, I was like, dude, that was so like funny. horrific, though. I was like, yeah. oh my dude. god, dude. I was like, Jesus, that's like the first time the killing thing happened. Because I mean, they <laughs> mention it. They're like seven years later, they find her body in a in, uh, down by the river or something, and I was like, whoa, like they already let you know, like, hey, she's not gonna make it. And yep, yeah, I was like, and even then, it's still gruesome is- to kind of see it. Yeah, and then the fact that she goes miss he goes missing because he's one of the first uh people they kill, uh Roy yeah, and uh, technically they never Sandy. find him. They never know. Yeah. And is it funny that both name is Roy, by the way? Roy yeah. has the same name as the serial killer, and in a way he killed someone too, so I mean maybe that No, but he, didn't he give himself that name or something like that from the first kill? I don't know. Oh, whole is that thing. what it came off of? Oh that's Yeah, creepy. it was the first kill because it was his failure and he want he Oh, and that's why he kept the name. Oh, that's cr- oh, that makes it even creepier, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, th- I also say that the kills that Sandy and Roy do when they kill the one guy, and you see parts of it, and they like they mutilate him and stuff, and it's like, oh, oh my yeah, god, man. dude, dude, that uh, was messed up. Yeah, I was like, ooh, that made me go, that made me clench a little bit, like, ooh, buddy boy. <laughs> it it yeah, kinda, it kind of preps you for not for. I mean. Arvin, you know, you could you could argue he kills these people in like quote unquote cold blood, but with everything that we see as the viewer and everything leading up to it, it kind of makes it like justified as to why he does those things. I mean, these everything are he does people. is, I mean, let's face it, he should have. I mean, he didn't do it go the right way probably, but he kills the Reverend and truthfully should have went to the cops. But even the even though the cops are like already like, hey, it turns out this guy was like sleeping with chicks around town and like cause they mentioned it on the call, remember? To uh, true. Uh, the uh, sheriff, and then I mean, he shoots 
Uh, Roy, because he rolls up, he notices the pistol. I mean, he's carrying the pistol, just flopping that shit around. Blasts him. He doesn't yep. even have a chance. And then nope. he kills Sandy because she pulls a gun on him, and he even tells her, like, I don't want to do this. Yep. And she shoots at the same time. She is blanks, though. How unlucky on her end, right? And then when the sheriff's there, he technically, I mean, the sheriff went looking for him. And the sheriff's yep. only trying to do that to cover his ass because it's Sandy. It's his sister, and he doesn't want people to find out his sister's a serial killer, for God's sakes. And, I mean, he's just a terrible shot, too. I mean, I can't can't stress that enough. Like, he had a shotgun. <laughs> I mean, wait for him to come up. He ain't going to live in the woods all day, bro. He, he probably had the choke on there and, you know, reduce the spread. <laughs> That's probably why I missed. Took a gut shot. And then, I mean, just to prove his point, like, Arvin even shows him the photo of what he found. Like, he's like, I didn't mean to. Yeah. And, and that's why I think at the end he's he has a pretty clear mind. Like he's like, I think I'm okay with this. Like with the events that have inspired of what happened, yeah. And like they said, he thinks about either he could become a father one day and follow in the footsteps of his own dad, or like, I mean, in both ways he's kind of falling. Like then, or going to Vietnam, which is in the middle of or starting in that point. And it's like, it one of them is obviously obviously a much sadder ending for him to go with. But you don't quite know what he goes into. He just sleeps and it ends right. abruptly. So. I would hope he'd probably just go for the the latter, the former, you know, um, trying to just be a dad. But, I mean, because he shows that know. he has that protectiveness, and but I don't know how he would deal with the law going back. I don't know. 1965, you could probably, you could probably run that shit out for a while. Yeah. They probably wouldn't know probably who you are. Fine. My name's uh, Alvin? They'd be like, oh, <laughs> close enough. You look just like a guy I know. Well, I don't think the deputy even said he was going to go check on Arvin or anything like that. I think that was only knowledge he had. And yeah, so I know they knew. That I died know with him. they know he killed the reverend. If anything, but I think if they found out, he'd have a fighting chance. If they found out this guy was raping chicks, like, oh my god, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, but I think the only issue is, is you know the fact that he killed a sheriff. That might even if the sheriff was a piece of shit, they might a try corrupt to one go after him. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. why he left the photo on him too to kind of just yeah to cover his own tracks to be yeah. like because everybody knew his sister. Because yeah. she was kind of the town whore. Like, they knew. They're like, oh, we know Sandy. I was like, ooh, that's not good. And, um, you know, so. Uh, overall, though, man, I got to say, I liked it. It's one of those movies where I didn't think I was going to like it this much, but it's in my top ten for 2020 so far. So yeah, It was really good. I yeah. really enjoyed it. And insane. I didn't know. I mean, the first 20, 30 minutes, I, I wasn't sure what to think of it. And I was like, okay, where are we going with this? But Same here. As, I was like, it's, more happened, I was like, it, it's shot well. On. You know, I was like, it's shot yeah, well. Yeah. It, it is. It really is. Very well. But yeah, cool. solid, man. All right, cool. So that was our review of The Devil All the Time. Again, streaming on Netflix. And uh, yeah, make sure to check it out if you like what we had to say with it or if you are curious into finding out, you know, if this movie's for you or not. All right, guys. Uh, with that, though, that is the end of podcast number 83. Thank you once again for listening. Thank you for the feedback, all the response and reviews. Uh, Marco, let them know how they can reach us. Uh, you can't. We're going on hiatus, so um, <laughs> no more movies. This will be, uh, yeah, this will be the last episode for uh, for the year, guys. We're sorry, we're postponing this one until 2021, just like all the major blockbusters. So, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Movie Pals Pod. Make sure to like and share. Uh, leave us a comment. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. Also, if you happen to use Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or Stitcher, 
hit that subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode. Make sure to leave us a review. Give us those five stars. Again, yay or nay. We're good. Let us know uh, what you like, what you don't that's like. We, that's all we need from you people. Just do it, please. We're, we're still... This is going to be a recurring theme. We're trying to surpass the 4.5 stars. You may be the difference in that. So do the right thing. <laughs> Give us five hit stars. It. Just hit it, please. Okay, so uh, tune in next time for episode 84. We're actually going to be doing a throwback movie and a topic of the week. So it's a, it's an older film. We, don't, we won't reveal it yet. But I believe Marco will be reaching out to you guys for a possible topic if we don't have one. I think that's how we're doing this one. Uh, yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. We'll probably reach out. Uh, and if that doesn't yeah. go well and you guys' questions are terrible, then we'll just do our own. So... <laughs> <laughs> So until then, guys, this is James and Marco and Nabil. Have a good one.